Comcast Business gives you more for your small business with our new gig speed Wi-Fi plus unlimited data. Ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires new gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement. Welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madame Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guests are Harshit Gupta and Elliot Kurlop, founders of Madu Chocolate. Madu Chocolate is a company based in Austin, Texas that infuses a variety of Indian spices, nuts, and flavors into their chocolate. They ethically source high-quality cacao beans with fair and transparent trading, and their facility operates on 100% renewable wind energy. I am a huge chocolate lover and a big fan of Madhu Chocolates, so I'm so excited to talk to Elliot and Harshit today about how they started their company, their inspiration for creating unique flavors, their advice for aspiring entrepreneurs, and a lot more. Let's get into the show. Harsha and Elliot, it's great to have you on the show. I'm really excited to discuss your journey to creating Madhu Chocolates. But before we begin, can you guys give us an overview of your career background? First of all, thank you for having us. So my background is um, in food science. I actually got my bachelor's degree in food science um, from the University of Hawaii. I got into chocolate specifically working on a small internship with a chocolate company based out in Honolulu. I certainly learned like a lot about how chocolate's tempered and everything, but I didn't really get to learn how it was made. So for me, that was kind of like my jumping off point is to exploring like the craft chocolate side of things. For me, I am a software engineer by profession. I have a full-time job at Salesforce. That's where I work right now. I'm a chocolate enthusiast. Uh, I love everything chocolate. A desert for me has to be chocolate. That's like, yeah, that's what I call desert. We started making chocolate as a hobby at home. We just got a small melanger, which is like a small tabletop machine, which has two like wheels on it. And we started experimenting with chocolate, just got some cocoa butter and nibs from Costco and uh, made some chocolate. And we were really, really excited. For me, I never knew how chocolate is made. I always knew, like, I always thought chocolate is just made from chocolate. Like, I just didn't know how it is made. Now, when we look back on the chocolate which we made, it was the most grainiest chocolate. But that point in time, it was the most fulfilling uh, experience we had. When did you realize that you wanted to turn this hobby and this love for chocolate into a company? It was on a trip to India for his Harshit's cousin's wedding. We were there and it was my first introduction to Indian spices, uh, Indian sweets, I guess. It's such like a huge world that we in the U.S. aren't really familiar with. And I just thought the flavors were amazing. And I thought so many of the spices, so many of the floral flavors would go really well in chocolate. We had our friends try some of the stuff we would make and, and we got some really great feedback. So I just started working on a business plan. I thought it would be kind of a cool thing to do. And I think a business plan is a really great method because you force yourself to do the to think about the non-fun parts about doing a business. I think when a lot of people start a business that's especially one that's a hobby, they just think I'm going to do the fun stuff and make money off of it and they don't realize there's like a million other things. Most of your time you're not like making the chocolate, you're doing all the other things. So, I thought that was a really great place to start and we just moved on from there. Started doing stuff at the farmers market and and we were lucky to to grow pretty quickly. What year was that when you made the business plan? That was in the beginning of 2018. Do you still yeah. have the original business plan? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. and we also- it's a lot more rudimentary now than I remember it being in 2018. 
he was the one who was doing the business plan i was like okay so how much money will we lose if this doesn't work he's like uh if it is $5000 let's do it if it is $50000 maybe think about it yeah like we have a initial investment of 5 or $10000 and it actually picked up really well with the farmers market which i think was the best decision we could have made for ourselves for the business to just be at a farmers market you can see an instant feedback from customers we made really good relationship with those customers because once at a retail store you just don't get that connection right like it doesn't this doesn't happen can you tell us about the meaning behind your name madhu my mom's name is madhu and in hindi it means honey or sweet she has been an inspiration for this entire journey i have grown up with her cooking i know how to cook now because of her and her cooking style is just like any other um, mom style which is like you don't use too many measuring cups and you just do it like what looks right to you right like when it comes to spices and in any ways like in india like indian moms are very much into spices she makes a lot of beautiful desserts and savory food and for us it was um, the masala dosa chocolate which we have right now which is our signature chocolate it just came from exactly how she likes to make her uh, chai every morning back in india it was really difficult to get that blend out of her because she just like puts whatever she thinks is right in a she scroll. doesn't measure so and you can't you can't make chocolate recipes like without measuring so she would take a scoop of chai or a scoop of spices and she'd get ready to throw it into a pot of water and and i'd constantly be stopping her being like wait and i'd grab my little tablespoon and like try to estimate how much she was putting in <laughs> what is it about moms and like automatic measurements right i feel like every person can relate to their mom just cooking freehand it's so fun to yeah. watch they just yeah. know it's amazing <laughs> throughout this journey her inspiration has taken a lot of impact into the business and that's why madhu means something which goes well with chocolate it just was meant to be together like i said i've eaten a lot of your chocolate and i can honestly say like i've never tried anything else similar to it and i think that's because of those unique spices that we're not used to in the us market can you tell me a little bit about the process of creating new flavors and bring those spices to chocolate what we have tried to do in like whenever we have come up with any of these flavors uh it's basically we are taking those components of some like there's a rice pudding which is a very common thing you eat in india it's called kheer and kheer is made from north to south part of india there's a different variety and versions of it but they are at the end they are just a rice pudding so for us it was like okay like how do we take this rice pudding and put it in a form which is chocolate and also introduce a new flavor profile to it so like the coconut milk cashew that was a take on kheer which is a rice pudding in india there's a lot of experimentation around it some spices can overpower another spice because the machines run for 72 hours so when they are running for 72 hours sometimes some of the spices over time might uh, mellow down but some spices might become overpower over time because of the friction because of being it's being heating up and the oils getting released do you all each have like a personal favorite chocolate flavor of yours of our own yeah yeah like a, a per, like a favorite madhu chocolate bar yeah, for dark. me it is my cardamom dark is my mm-hmm. favorite one it's just that cardamom is very close to my heart i love everything cardamom and in a chocolate form it just like is the best uh, like pairing for me yeah the cardamom one's like pretty spectacular i like orange clove the best um my parents used to stud an orange with cloves during the holidays 
um, when we were growing up. And it was one of those things that it always smelled so good. So this is like my version of that. Um, so yeah. I really love that one. The first one I ever tried was the saffron. Oh, oh yeah. So good. And I usually don't even really like milk chocolate. I'm more of a dark yep. chocolate person. But man, I can go through like two of those bars <laughs> in one sitting. <laughs> They're so good. That is- that is very true. Like, it's kind of like the same with me. It's like, I'm a dark chocolate person. When we made the saffron milk, I'm like, oh my God, this just changed the world. <laughs> this, how did this happen? Yeah. It's, it's, that, like, yeah. <laughs> it's that spice. So it's like not a regular milk chocolate bar. I don't know. Everyone just, if you're listening, go try it. Um, well, you all talked about Harshit's mom being a big inspiration for the company. What has been her reaction to you all growing this company that's inspired by her I think she is very humbled about it. She is very humble. She, I think she feels a, uh, very proud about it. Also, I have seen like I, uh, like she gets a lot of comments from many of our family and friends who are back in India. And they're like, your son and son-in-law have like created a business with your name as the business, which is mm-hmm. like, a. it's kind of like it makes her more, I think she blushes a little bit with that. Yeah, it's just like, it's like she's happy, but she's also like, it's like, uh, it's like a little too much of uh, getting that kind of like a praise for yourself. kind of. She's thing. definitely yeah. not um one to brag. So yeah, I think that she certainly has like kind of a hard time <laughs> <laughs> like living up to like all the praise we give her for letting us use her name and recipes <laughs> we love a humble queen <laughs> we talked a little bit about the process of creating new flavors but i was wondering once you've landed on like the final batch for a flavor how do you then go into the process of branding that chocolate bar all your packaging is so beautiful yeah, sure. So usually Harsha and I will have a small conversation um, talking about what the product is and what we might want to see to represent it on uh, our packaging. Harsha comes in, I'll work on fine-tuning the development. Harsha will work more directly with our graphic designer, who is also my sister. What happens is like when we have like a vanilla fennel, when it came into existence, it was like, oh, vanilla has vanilla flowers and those are beautiful flowers. Why not we incorporate that into the design? When you look at the bar, it should be something enticing out of all those retail bars, which you will see. It is enticing. Then you open it, you get the smell. It's not just a product which we are trying to give it to people. We are giving experience to you. Every stage it's important for that visually to smell to like the entire mouthfeel of it as a part of the packaging that was some kind of I would say it was more of my pet peeve wherein I would buy these like 10 or 12 dollar chocolate bar packaging is beautiful once you open it there is no way to close it back and that was always like something I was like okay like I spent like we spent I spent 10 or 12 dollars on this bar and it's such a beautiful packaging I have to rip it off to get to the chocolate and now I have to put it in a Ziploc bag because that's the only way I can keep it so that was something which we also wanted to think about like it's like okay the chocolate bar at the end I can close it back and then I can go back to it and you eat more and then close it back again now I know why that closing on the chocolate bar is there. <laughs> you, should, you should have heard all the times that he would rail against packaging that he has to throw away the second he opens it. And what retailers can everyone listening go find your chocolate bars? So here in Austin, it is at the uh, all of the Whole Foods. Uh, the Central Market on the North Lamar has it. Anthony's Cheese Shop has it. Uh, Royal Blue. 
um, big grocery, native grocery. There are quite some outlets around in the Austin area. Yeah, we have a good um, presence in the New York area right now, in Portland as well, uh, also in California. Uh, all that information is also on our website. Well, I know that you all started at a farmer's market. Now you're available online and in many retailers. I'm wondering throughout your journey, has there been a memorable moment where you learned a valuable lesson on entrepreneurship that someone else would benefit from knowing? You have to be jack of all trades. You have to figure it out everything. As a consumer, you just go to Amazon, you get everything, whatever you need. When you are in the business world, I see like Amazon or any of these places just don't have what you need. And to figure it out where your packaging will come in, it's not the most easiest thing. If you just Google it right now, just finding like chocolate packaging where I can get it, you will not find anything. Because we both at least don't have any, like I don't have like a, market, uh, a business background. Uh, Elliot has done some business studies, but not a business background. We do a lot of reading around these things as well to just keep up to us, like how do we do something X, Y, Z. Now that we're growing, um, uh, learning to start stepping away from certain tasks. Like for me, uh, you know, I do most of the production or historically, you know, when I do the recipe development for our new products, but now we have two employees, so I don't need to do the manufacturing so much. It can be hard stepping away from that because a lot of people, especially when you're an entrepreneur and and your business is a product, I mean, that's like your child, right? So letting that part go, um, I think can be a struggle, but I think it's, uh, if anyone is expecting to grow their own business, that's, you know, the number one thing you're going to have to understand is eventually you're going to have to move away from being so directly involved into every facet of it and to, to working on developing areas that maybe you're not as familiar with. I feel like all of that ties back to what you said at the beginning, like, yes, you need to be a jack of all trades, but it's okay to start small and like have a plan in place to get you there. It's not all like at once. Um, so I think that's all really good advice. You certainly cannot expect to know everything from the jump. So that's yeah. why I think starting small is so great because when you're small, you can make like a million mistakes and quickly change. The bigger you get, the more daunting that becomes. That is another thing, like just re reacting quickly. Like we had one of our flavor, actually, we had one chocolate flavor. It was our, what was that, 60% dark, right? We had a 60%. When we first started, yeah, we were doing a 60% and a 70% dark. Um, just the pure dark chocolate. Just to give people options. And it became very apparent when we were trying to do our sales at the farmer's market that we had something to say about all of our bars until 60% came. So we'd be like, oh, masala chai, it's Harshit's mama recipe, saffron milk, it's got this saffron, it's gritty hole. And 60% uh, is a chocolate bar. Like, <laughs> it was this horrible. And um, and because we didn't really have anything to say, it became so apparent that we just made it because we thought some people would want it and um, we didn't have our own, our own personal reason to make something like no one's gonna buy it. <laughs> mm, that's, yeah, so, yeah. that's a really good point. Like have a purpose for what you're creating, not just, it can't just be to make money or just because you can, it needs to be like a real purpose right. behind what you're doing. And we're not salespeople by trade. So, you know, we're very honest, especially when it comes to our own products. So it's pretty apparent if we're making something just to make it <laughs> like they'll they'll just see it from our faces yeah I think.
Um, we talked a little bit about the process of making chocolate, but I'm curious to know, is there something most people are surprised to know about the cho chocolate making process that isn't like commonly known or that you found really interesting when you first started? Yeah, so one of the uh, one of the thing which was actually surprising to my, me myself is the chocolate actually is a fermented food. We were at the fermentation festival at Mueller Market and some people came to us in a little bit of a snotty way. They were like, what are you guys doing here at the fermentation festival area where there is a baker, there's a sado, there is a kombucha. I'm like, well, chocolate is a fermented food. It comes from a cacao bean, which grows on tree. When you open the, the pod, pod has these like beans in there, but those beans have a film on top of that. And it's a white film, which has a very interesting texture and taste to it. When the farmers get those beans out of those pods, they go in a fermentation blocks to develop the flavor into those beans. And then we do all the drying process. Then we do our stuff. Once, once it's dried out, it comes to us. And then we do the entire process of like roasting to cracking to winnowing and like getting it to the uh, running it for 72 hours and all that stuff. And when opening the pod, it literally looked like an alien had just come out of a... <laughs> it literally looks like that. It's just like the most weird like thing. Like when you see it, it's like, oh my God, it's just an alien is out of there. It has an entire film of white film on top of it. And it's just hatching out right now kind of thing. Wow, I had no idea. What I did know is that it comes from a tree. And that's why I tell myself it's okay to eat it every day because it's from the ground. It's natural. <laughs> just like a salad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think as far as um, surprising things, um, you know, we just had a a small class uh, come into our facility last week to take a look at, um, at what we were doing for, it was like a couple of third graders to work on a project. And the thing that I think they were most surprised with is how all the equipment is so noisy. We have these large vacuums that go to separate all of our cacao husks away from the nibs so we can make a nice tasting chocolate and um, we have these shake tables that slam onto the molds and i think it's like hilarious that i'm handing out earplugs in my tiny little chocolate making facility there's often um a lot of disappointment that we don't have like oompa loompas or like rooms made out of edible materials i think even though most people understand that that's a very unreasonable expectation, they still like have it in the back of their minds. <laughs> They're going to see that when they come. Yeah, just see it, huh? I under I want it to, but <laughs> <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory gave us all like really unrealistic expectations. <laughs> it really, really did. It's I'm sad. I'm sad for myself just as much as I'm sad for everyone else. <laughs> so, do you all offer classes to people in Austin, or was that just like a school project type of thing? Well, that was a school project. Um, right now, the space that we're in is about 500 square feet. So it's very small. We just do our manufacturing. Um, okay, got it. Pre-pandemic, we were doing some classes in um, some spaces from other small businesses that we were acquainted with. And now um, we're working on opening a much larger space over towards the Austin airport that will accommodate our own classes, which we're really excited about. Oh, awesome. Well, that kind of yeah. segues into my next question, which was like any future goals you all have for Madhu in the coming years that you can share or talk about? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Like our entire thing is to scale up, to uh, like have much more bigger production lines so that we can like get into 
hopefully get into whole foods uh, southeast uh, region and like not just the, the one in austin but the entire southeast uh, uh, region which is like dallas and houston and everything which would be great like and definitely having much more of a national presence like we do have places right now but still there is a lot more awareness needs to happen over uh, madhu chakra itself uh, we uh, like moving into the new space it opens up a lot of like different opportunities like the workshop is one it also opens up the entire possibility of uh, for us for different kind of events like baby shower to uh, like bridal shower or any kind of like shower people want to do with or like doing like a chocolate a chocolate tasting classes there is another classes which we want to do is very much for people who really want to either start a profession in chocolate or they want to learn really deep dive into chocolate which will be like a 3 day course of like making chocolate from like these are the beans here and you do everything from scratch from it from there onwards and we make everything and you make your bars yourself it will be um a very interesting classes for because those are not something which at least in state of texas we have not seen those kind of classes being offered even like the class which we do which is like a fun chocolate making class is pretty popular people are really really excited to they because the thing like it's just that we all have grown up eating chocolate but no one knows how it's made yeah it's not really common i've never seen a chocolate making class um i've lived in texas my whole life i don't i don't know if i haven't been looking hard enough but it's not like a common thing and i think so many people would have fun doing that and just like yeah. learning more about a food that that everyone really loves I know you all have an interesting perspective on like running a business with a partner and there's so many people out there who say like never get into business with your family or things like that because you all have are doing it I'm wondering like what advice you would give to someone who wants to and like your perspective on the challenges and like the benefits that you've all experienced doing that question is like did you fulfill that order kind of thing <laughs> that so we are trying to work on that you just don't get that personal to professional boundary because it's a, a household business and stuff you have to you definitely have to make a concerted effort because it's yeah. so easy for us both to just start talking about madu chocolate you know at any given time and um i mean I'm, I mean, we make it sound like I'm like less averse to talk, or less more likely to not talk about it. But even I am like, if it pops, something work related pops into my head, I'll just start talking about it. Yeah. So definitely, like trying to make it so, like, oh, maybe like eight thirty at night until we go to bed is like our time where we don't talk about the business. That usually fails, but but trying to stick to something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's hard, it's right? Because I imagine that. you know your work follows you everywhere but also the fact that you are in a relationship i would imagine like you have like a support that's unmatched that you would have with anyone else because the business is so personal to you both and it's like a creation of your labor so i think there are definitely benefits yeah. to it well, oh that's yeah, oh, definitely the benefit no that's for sure i mean we get yeah, to yeah. share in the the joys and there's always somebody who understands what we're going through at any given time so that's really good i feel like 
we can relate really well to one another or be there to support each other. Um, definitely much more positives than negatives. I think that if anyone is going to go into business with their partner, they really need to, to make sure they have a lock on the uh, communication aspect of their relationship though, so. We knew like what our strengths and weaknesses are being together and it is good at customer service. I don't, I have no experience in customer service. His experience made me realize that, oh, when someone someone is not happy with your product, you don't reply this way, you reply it this other way, right? And how you have to do it. So there's actually learned a lot of what not to do with the customer <laughs> relations. Like, right? like, yeah. <laughs> Like you get like um, a support system wherein it's mm. like, oh, this is not my thing. It's something he knows or he thinks the other way. So it complements in many ways as well. Finally, I would love to close out um, the episode by asking you all to provide one piece of advice for anyone wanting to start their business. Like they have this idea or this hobby and they want to take it to the next level. Do you have any words of wisdom that you can share there? Yeah, I would say the most important thing, write a business plan. It is not the most fun thing, but the document will open up a lot of questions which you would uh, you would never think about. So it gives you that holistic view. If I had anything else to add on to that is to, if you're trying to pursue your hobby as a business and and you are really serious about trying to make to live off of it to make money off of it, try you can't be emotionally attached to your ideas. There needs to be some room some wiggle room to adapt your idea. Um, you know, when you're writing a business plan, one of the things they ask you is if no one else is selling your product or your brand or your idea, um, is there a reason no one's doing it? You know, a lot of people tend to think like, well, I'm the first person to think of it, but is it possible that someone else has thought of it and it just didn't catch on? Um, so I think that really being able to be objective with yourself and think critically about what you're doing is a really good demonstration of how serious you are. Thank you both for sharing that. <laughs> it's been so fun talking to you. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Um, I would love it if you could tell everyone where they can keep up with uh, Madhu Chocolates online and on social media. Sure, we are online at maduchocolate.com. So that's M-A-D-H-U chocolate.com and we are on instagram at madu chocolate as well as facebook and yep. we have a tiktok as well but we're <laughs> old folks so you know don't expect a whole lot out of that <laughs> thank you so much to harshit and elliot for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening i hope you join us on the next episode of office chats lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details